Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. <laughs> Baby! Yes, sir! What is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Z-Bot here with you. Live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, Monday night. And it can only mean one thing. And it's the mother effing smoke break. So good to have you in off of an absolutely terrific weekend. Week, rather, of NFL football. And it all benefited our Buffalo Bills exactly how we would have mapped it out if we were in charge of the script. The Bills needed a handful of things to happen to regain the number one seed in the AFC. Every single one of them damn things happened. For a fan base who has claimed many a time that they might be cursed, these Buffalo Bills, they weren't cursed this past week. Bills needed a variety of things to go their way. They went their way. And they even got a couple of additionals as well from the likes of the uh Philadelphia Eagles beating the Tennessee Titans. That, of course, doesn't hurt. Anytime an AFC team in and around the playoff picture takes an L, you're never going to complain about that. But that's the least of the excitement, I would say, from the weekend because plenty of great things happened. And we finally, after weeks of wondering where things were going to map out for these Bills as the year went on, we finally regained the one seed. And we can celebrate that, of course. We can celebrate for now. Last, last night was a hell of a day. It was a hell of a day to celebrate. Because how often is it that you have a list of things that you need to happen? And I had told you last week, plenty of people up in my mentions. When I went through the playoff simulator with you guys, uh, what was it, two weeks ago now, and I mapped out to you what it would have to take for the Bills to get the one seat in the AFC in week 13, I had a lot of people on Twitter hit me up saying, oh, a lot of ifs there, bot. A lot of ifs, a lot of stuff needs to happen. But I broke it down for you guys Friday night. Ifs, you know, ifs, ands, or buts, whatever you want, however you want to look at it, the fact of the matter was going into the weekend, it wasn't like we needed this, this astronomical occurrence to happen on Sunday for the Bills to snag the one seed and officially be in control of their own destiny for the rest of the year. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a crazy, uh, it just wasn't crazy. There's no other way to put it. I think a lot of people felt that the Bengals beating the Chiefs and the Niners beating the 
Dolphins was just something that was not going to happen. I had felt confident about that all week. The 49ers have been playing probably the best football in the NFC over the last month or so. Ever since they've gotten Christian McCaffrey, they have not lost a game. And the Cincinnati Bengals, they're back to Super Bowl form. They are hitting a stride that they might not have even have hit last season. I think that they are incredibly under the radar despite making it all the way to the Super Bowl last year. I think there's a lot of connotations surrounding the Cincinnati Bengals based on the fact that a lot of people think they lucked themselves into the Super Bowl last year. Now, that's fair, right? They only had to go through the Chiefs, not the Chiefs and the Bills, right? The Chiefs would have had to have gone through the Bengals and the Bills. The Bills would have had to have gone through the Chiefs and the Bengals. The Bengals... They get, a, they get a lucky type of win against the Raiders last year in the playoffs. There was a lot of things that happened that felt that made people think that it was an illegitimate birth to the Super Bowl. But this Cincinnati Bengals team is no joke. You know it, and I know it. The return of Jamar Chase after his injury, he was back yesterday. He had a presence in that game. This defense, incredibly underrated for the Cincinnati Bengals, remarkably underrated. When we're talking about best defenses in the league, the Cincinnati Bengals are almost never brought up in the conversation, but they are up there. They have probably the best wide receiver core in the entire league, and Joe Pearl right now is playing MVP-style football. And they showed you yesterday in that game that they are just as good, if not better, than the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Burrow and the Kansas City Chiefs have beaten the, the Kansas City Chiefs three straight times, and they outplayed them yesterday wire to wire from the first snap to the last that was no anomaly of a W for the Cincinnati Bengals. They were the flat-out better team. And then in the San Francisco versus Dolphins game, the Dolphins, right, they come into that game hotter than anybody else in the AFC. Tua, you know, making his way into the MVP conversation. A lot of people all of a sudden want to claim that he might be the best quarterback in the AFC as of late. I don't know if anybody really took the time to sit back and dissect the last month at the Miami Dolphins have had. Yes, they they had they had gone on a tear, right? One, two, three, four, five straight W's going into that San Francisco 49ers game. And what's the stat that everybody threw out, right? Everybody continuously said this one particular stat. And it's that when Tua Tungavailoa starts the first snap and plays all the way through the last snap, he is an undefeated quarterback in this league. But the five previous games to the San Francisco 49ers, the Dolphins played the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, the Texans. Now, they can't make their schedule, and the Bills have had their fair share of games that were favorable, right? They beat those same Steelers. They beat those same Dolphins. They'll play the Bears in a couple of weeks. They beat those same Browns. But we know what those teams are in comparison to a team like the San Francisco 49ers. So when the Dolphins go on a five-game win streak and it looks like they're unbeatable, you have to take into consideration how they got there. And yesterday was a massive game for the San Francisco 49ers and for the Miami Dolphins. Let's start with that game first as we break down how, in fact, the Buffalo Bills went from the five seed going into week 13 to now sitting pretty at the one seed. And before we get into all of this, let me just preface this first. Yes. It's worth celebrating. It's exciting stuff. Anytime stuff like this happens where it's out of your control in regard to the Bills, of course, all of it's out of our control, even though we think sometimes we might play a part in it. All of the things outside of the Bills' control happened, and that's always exciting. As we know, 
way back in the day when the, uh, not really way back in the day, but it feels way back in the day compared to the team the Bills have now. But when the Bengals propelled the Bills into the Super Bowl to end the drought, you know, it was, there was nothing the Bills could do. They got the, the job done that they needed to that day, got the W, and it was up to the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Baltimore Ravens and help get the Bills into the playoffs. And there was never a more exciting time than that. I will never forget that moment as long as I live. It was the greatest. And there's always some sort of added element to not only being able to root for your team, but having a bunch of other rooting interests as well. And so the excitement was there for sure. And the Bills got everything they needed, right? I mean, it went exactly according to plan. But this is only a short-term celebration here. And you all know this. And I'm just getting this out of the way right now before anybody jumps down my throat saying, oh, yeah, look at look at the Bills. Look at Z-Bot and the, and the Bills Mafia celebrating their Super Bowl early here. No, no, no. Nope. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. We're excited because the Bills, after a lull in their season, had kind of dropped down from where we had felt they were going to find themselves in the beginning of the year. And we knew they were going to need some help to get back to that one seat. The Chiefs were going to have to lose at some point for the Bills to be able to regain the one. The Dolphins were going to have to lose at some point for the Bills' ability to regain the one in the AFC East. And now a variety of things happened from this past weekend that just incredibly benefit the Bills, but there's still plenty of work to be done. But going into the tail end of the season here, it is nice to know that nobody can stand in the way of these Buffalo Bills when it comes to the one seed but themselves. Let's start. Dolphins 49ers. What a game, on paper at least. And what a game you thought it might be when it kicked off. And if you're a Bills fan, and I'm sure, you know, the uh, hundreds of you joining in right now, I'd venture to say 99.9% of you are Bills fans. Why else would you be here? If you're here for any other reason, I still appreciate you nonetheless. But we go into that game, and I had had the confidence that the Niners were just the flat-out better team. And I had said on Friday night, when we were talking about how good Josh Allen is and how much better he makes this team look from a perception perspective, I had talked to you about this 49ers um, roster and just how incredible it truly is from top to bottom in every positional group for the San Francisco 49ers. They're at the league's top. I mean, they really are the running back position, the wide receiver position, the O line, the D line, everything about this San Francisco 49ers team is extraordinary. But what I had told you on Friday that really helped exemplify the difference a quarterback like Josh Allen makes is that if Jimmy Garoppolo were on the Buffalo Bills, the Bills wouldn't be as good as they are. Whereas if J Josh Allen was on the San Francisco 49ers, not only would the Niners be in a better position than they are right now, I would guarantee you they would be the best team in the league. Who would beat the San Francisco 49ers if they had a Josh Allen on their team, a Mahomes, a Burrow? And yesterday we saw on full display just how great that Niners team is despite the quarterback position. Now, you know I'm a Jimmy G fan. If you've been listening to me for a while, I've always defended Jimmy G. Do I think he's elite? No, but do I think he's towards the bottom of the league? Absolutely not. Jimmy Garoppolo is an absolutely perfect fit for a team like the San Francisco 49ers who do not need to win because of their quarterback. They need a quarterback that just helps them get there without pulling them backwards. And as of late, Jimmy Garoppolo has not been turning the ball over. He had stayed healthy, and he had been a game manager that has allowed this San Francisco 49ers team 
to do what they do best, right? Get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, run the ball, and play terrific defense. Yesterday, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. Not too long into the game. Broken foot, he's done for the year. And the first snap of that game, what happens? The Miami Dolphins score a 75-yard touchdown on an old, you know, Chiefs-style play, so it seemed. Crossing pattern, caught, the rest was down the field. Wasn't like Tua threw some 70-yard dot. It was exactly what you expect from this Miami Dolphins offense when it comes to electrifying plays. It's not going to be Tua dropping dimes. It's going to be like what you what you saw on that opening play. So we go into that game, of course, having a massive rooting interest for the 49ers, and that play happens on the first snap, and you're just thinking, man, oh, man. Because right going into that game, we have seen the Dolphins offense just light the scoreboard up the last month. 31 against the Lions, 35 against the Bears, 39 against the Browns, 30 against the Texans when their starters sat almost the entire second half. This offense is no joke. It still is no joke today. But they had yet to face a defense like the Niners. And if you go back and look at their schedule, it is interesting to note that this Dolphins team has not really played an elite defense where they have won the game. The Jets defense, and we saw it on display yesterday, man, are they about as good as it gets right now. I understand Tua didn't play in this game, but the Jets beat the Dolphins 40-17 to in their first matchup. Prior to this game, the only defense you look at and say, man, that's an elite defense was the Buffalo Bills, and guess what? The Bills were missing six defensive starters in that game and still should have won it. They had under 20 minutes of possession time in that game. The Miami Dolphins did. Somehow pulled it out of their ass. We all know how that one went. No sense in rehashing a game that I don't want to think about ever again because that was a heartbreaker. And you know as well as I do, whether you're a Bills fan, a Dolphins fan, or any fan of anybody, the Bills were the better team. And the reason they lost that game was because they were just not healthy enough to get it done. If the Bills were in full strength in that game, you know what would have happened. I know what would have happened. But hey, the reality of the situation was what it was. But when you take a look at the season that the Miami Dolphins have played in totality, outside of that Bills banged up D, outside of the Jets game where Tua didn't play, this, this uh, Dolphins team has not played an elite defense where they have been successful. They got whopped by the Bengals, who I just got done telling you has a terrific defense. They lost that game by double digits. They lost that Jets game by double digits, and the Bills had them on the ropes with a depleted defense. And then you go out and you play a Steelers defense without TJ Watt. You play a Lions defense that hadn't really hit stride yet. A Bears defense who might be the worst in the league. Browns defense right there. And then you play the Houston Texans who quite literally are one of the worst uh, teams in a very, very long time. The Texans are as bad as it gets. James coming in super chat. He's saying this was the Holy Trinity weekend for us. It sure was. And the bills kicked it off and they were the beginning of that Trinity. They got the job done with ease against the Patriots. And then it was into these two games. And now we're staring at the 49ers and dolphins game. And as I was mentioning, you know, that game kicked off in a way where you were going to be, you were feeling a little scared, weren't you? First play of the game, the dolphins are going to score like that against that defense. Look out. And then to compound problems, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. So to circle back to my original point, that's how good these 49ers are. Jimmy G goes down against the Miami Dolphins, who at that point were the number one team in the AFC East. We're on a five-game win streak, and we're looking as good as anybody in this league. Brock Purdy comes in. Brock Purdy. 
right? Trey Lance has already been out for the year. Now Jimmy G's out for the year. Kyle Shanahan and these San Francisco 49ers are down to their last breath at the quarterback position. And here comes Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. And you're thinking to yourself as a Bills fan or a Dolphins fan, well, there's there's two there's two ends to that. You're thinking as a Bills fan, oh, we're screwed. No way the Dolphins are losing this game and the Bills are just going to have to get things done themselves. If you're a Dolphins fan, you're thinking, man, did we just catch a break? The Niners are going to have to start the last pick in the draft at quarterback who hasn't sniffed the field all year. The way our offense has been playing, we have a pretty good defense as well. Things are looking up for us. 33-17, to 17, your final score. The 49ers not only were the better team on the field yesterday, but they were the much better team on the field with a backup backup at quarterback, a third-string quarterback in Brock Purdy, was able to lead the San Francisco 49ers to 33 points, nearly doubling up this Miami Dolphins team. Yesterday was a massive game for any Miami Dolphins fan who is understanding of context. The Dolphins, if they had won that game yesterday, Brock Purdy in or not, because I don't care. This, this Niners team is good enough to win with anybody in there. If the Dolphins had won that game yesterday, it would have been really, it, it would have been a real wake-up call for the rest of the league. It would have been time to start taking these Miami Dolphins extremely seriously. Not that nobody was taking them seriously before, but I'm talking about taking them seriously in regard to perhaps being a Super Bowl contender. That was the type of game that was yesterday. Four o'clock window. You're playing probably the best or second best team in the NFC over the last month in the San Francisco 49ers. Mike McDaniel is playing his former staff. It's just a massive game. Everybody had known what the Dolphins had gone through prior to that game, an easier type schedule. This was the statement game, the moment for the Dolphins to truly prove they belong at the top of the list of NFL teams within the hierarchy. And they absolutely crapped down their leg. It wasn't even close. And you would never have known that Brock Purdy wasn't in the game. In fact, and here's the real alarming thing, I think, if you are a Miami Dolphins fan. Not only was the third-string quarterback in there for the San Francisco 49ers, but he outplayed Tua Tungavailoa. And I understand that, and I'm not trying to be a hater here. I mean, you know my thoughts on Tua. I've never felt that he's a viable franchise quarterback, but I had been eating my words for about the last month and a half, as we all have. I can't deny statistics. I can't deny eye test. I can't deny what's flat out been occurring over the last month and a half. Tua Tungavailoa has been playing some of the best football at the position uh, the last month and a half, there's no debate. And if you wanted to put him in the argument for the MVP, you had your, you had your ammunition. You're never going to convince me of it, but you had your argument. Yesterday was the moment for Tua to step up and prove that with this team that he currently leads, the offense that he currently has at his disposal, to get a win like that yesterday, knowing how pivotal it could be going forward with a Dolphins schedule that is not easy. They got to play the Jets again, the Patriots again, the Bills in two weeks, which is now a primetime game. We'll get into that in a bit. The Chargers this coming week on Sunday night football, the Chargers play everybody close. This was a huge game. And as soon as Jimmy G goes down, the opportunity to win that game opened up immeasurably. 
And Tua winds up having probably his worst game of the year or one of them. I don't care if you look at the stats and it makes it seem like he had a decent day. He didn't. 18-33, 295 for two scores and two INTs. But 75 of those 295 came on the first snap of the game. And the rest of the game, I understand there were plenty of plays that you looked at and you thought that were, you know, they were highlight real type plays. Tyreek Hill deep down the field. That ball was as underthrown as it gets. You, me, and anybody else could have thrown that ball to Tyreek Hill, who was not even within 10 yards of a San Francisco defender. When it came time to make the clutch play, it just seemed like Tua could not step up to the plate. There were errant throws all over the place yesterday and two very costly interceptions. Tua had been patting his stats for the last month or so, and when he finally faces off against one of the best defenses in the league, it resulted in a performance that was not near the standard it needs to be for this Dolphins team to be taken, to be, to be looked at the way I think that their entire fan base wants them to be perceived. And it's really hard to think otherwise because over the last month, they've been rolling. But everybody knows that these are the games that matter the most. And I've had this conversation with you multiple times. The NFL isn't like college where style points matter when it comes to making the college football playoff, when it comes to being in a certain bowl game. All of that matters in college football. None of that matters in the NFL. But to some degree, it matters in regard to how you are viewed, how your opponents view you, how the the media views you, how fan bases view you, and People who pay close attention understand that there's a big difference between rolling the Texans and getting a W over a team like the 49ers. And it was a huge opportunity for Miami with a Bills game looming in a couple weeks and multiple divisional games left for them. This was really going to be able to pave a road for them to finally do what that fan base has been hoping for for years, win this division, outlast the Bills, and have a legitimate chance to run towards the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not knocking them out of that conversation. They're still a playoff team, and they very well could still outplay the Bills and beat them out for the one seed in the AFC East. Those things are all still in play. But you now have the sample size to look at. The Miami Dolphins against top-tier defenses and the Miami Dolphins against the dredges of the league. What's the ultimate conclusion there? I'm not entirely sure, but there's very... There's a, there's a very long list of examples of when the, when the Dolphins play better defenses, they don't nearly show up to the capacity they do against the teams they've played the last five weeks prior to Sunday. And Brock Purdy, Bills Mafia, you, or uh, Brock Purdy, Bills Mafia, uh, they, they love you. They love you, including myself. Not only because you get to use all the puns in the world, like Brock Purdy yesterday played pretty, pretty, pretty good. Think about the situation he was thrown into. Massive game for the Niners, right? They go into that game eight and three. The NFC is pretty top heavy right now. San Francisco still fighting for positioning within the playoffs. Jimmy G has been playing well enough to really put that team in a hell of a spot as the season wraps up. Your, your franchise quarterback, so you thought, and Trey Lance, he gets banged up right out of the gate. And, and here you go. A team that is clearly Super Bowl caliber gets knocked down again, and they have to resort to their third-string quarterback, a rookie who was the last pick in the draft and has never had any real game experience. And you're playing against a team in the Dolphins who have been rolling. And I think that's what makes this, this loss just so much worse for the Dolphins. 
you know, if Jimmy G would have stayed in there the whole game and the thing resulted the way in, in the way that it did yesterday, yeah, it still would have been a brutal loss for Miami. I think it still would have showed a lot of their true colors. But it is infinitely compounded when Jimmy G gets hurt and you lose the way you do to Brock Purdy. And I understand, you know, wins aren't a QB stat. But you, you are at a much bigger advantage when, you're th- when your defense is facing off against a third-string quarterback with no experience. And Brock Purdy had a better passer rating yesterday than Tua Tungavailoa did. 25 of 37, 210, two scores and a pick for Brock Purdy. I got to tell you what, man, being thrown to the wolves the way he was against a top team in Miami, middle of the game. All right, kid, here's the keys. Go drive the car. He drove it, man. He drove it. And that Niners team, they showed you yesterday. Speaking of proving a point, I mean, hey, what did they prove to you yesterday? It doesn't matter what we got, who's playing where, who's throwing the ball. It doesn't matter. We have got a team that can win in any circumstance. What an unbelievable win for the Niners. And what an incredible way to get the Bills to propelled up into the top seed of the AFC East and the AFC. Watching those Dolphins lose the way they did to the San Francisco 49ers. And now the pressure's on for Miami, right? You had all this hype over the last month. This schedule for these Dolphins, it is just not easy. And you really have to scratch your head and wonder if you're a Dolphins fan what the end of the season is going to look like. Because if they're going to play the way they did yesterday, they're in for a rude awakening. This Chargers team, as inept as they can be at times and their inability to close out games, it just it blows my mind and never won't. I cannot believe for the life of me the talent that this L.A. Chargers team possesses that they cannot find a way to just get out of their own way. This team shoots themselves in the foot worse than I have ever seen. And that's coming from a Bills fan. And we've seen the Bills do that our fair share of times. But this Chargers team, they chronically get in their own way year after year. They've been doing this since Phillip Rivers was the quarterback. And under Justin Herbert, a guy who is just an unbelievable talent, we all know it, they have yet to make the playoffs and they're going to have an uphill battle in order to get there this year. You don't think the Chargers are going to go out on Sunday night this coming week in a primetime spot at home and give the Dolphins everything they can handle? Brandon Staley, he's coaching for his job. They don't make the playoffs. He is canned, and deservingly so. This team is way too good to not be making the postseason, and Staley's going to take the brunt of that. He will be canned. This team is playing for their jobs right now, managerial at least. That game is huge, and it's not easy for the Miami Dolphins. And they follow that up against our Buffalo Bills in prime time. If you have not heard yet, we all thought it was going to happen. It was just a matter of whether it was going to be Sunday night or Saturday night. I had talked to you about this last week. I was 99.999% positive that Bills Dolphins was going to be flexed into a prime time spot. I was just curious to see if they were going to swap out the Sunday game uh, from week 15 or if they were going to put the Dolphins-Bills in the Saturday night slot. And the verdict is in. The Bills play the Dolphins Saturday, December 17th. Almost 12 days from the minute right now. In Buffalo, under the lights, and I can't wait. Game's going to be on NFL Network. It's a part of a triple header on that Saturday. Three great games, and the Bills cap it off at night in a game that is going to be absolutely Massive win or lose for the Dolphins this coming weekend. That game's going to be huge. 
And of course, the same for the Bills who play the Jets this coming week. Jets are no joke. I think they are infinitely better with Mike White. They had the Vikings on the ropes numerous times yesterday and just couldn't get it done. Once again, though, another example of things going Buffalo's way. I mentioned at the top of the show how the uh, the Eagles knocked out Tennessee yesterday, did a good job in putting them back a peg. The Vikings did the same for us against those Jets. The Jets were the better team yesterday against Minnesota, and they had multiple chances to win that game, and they could not get in the end zone. The problem that's been plaguing that team all year, which is scoring, it bit them in the ass yesterday once again. They were in the red zone numerous times towards the end of that game with an ability to win it, and they could not do it. I think Greg the leg, Greg Zerline, what did he have in that game? Six field goals. They outplayed the Vikings. They just could not get in the end zone. But that defense is legit, one of the best in the league right now. And I think this offense under Mike White is much more serviceable than it was under Zach Wilson. They get in scoring position. Their only issue is they can't get into the end zone. But this Bills team has their work cut out for them next week in Buffalo against the Jets, a massive game. And it's crazy to think that if the Jets would have won that game yesterday, first place in the AFC East for them was not a crazy argument. It really wasn't. Big loss yesterday for the New York Jets. They're going to be looking to revenge that this coming week against the Bills. And the Bills lost to the Jets already with Zach Wilson at the helm. I think this is an even better Jets team coming to town this upcoming weekend. Bills open up as nine-point favorites. They're expected to get the job done with some sort of relative ease. But we all know as Bills fans, nothing about that game is going to be easy. So to set the slate up, for week 15, primetime Bills, Dolphins. Bills got to get past the Jets. Dolphins got to get past the Chargers. Two tough games for both teams, and it's sure to set up one hell of a matchup on Saturday night football in Buffalo. Bills, Dolphins, absolutely can't wait. So the Niners get it done in a wild fashion. They just completely outplayed the Dolphins nearly the whole game outside of the first snap of the game. The Dolphins could barely put points on the board. They score seven points on the first play. They can only muster up another 10 the rest of the game. The Niners put up 33, the majority of which was led by Brock Purdy. Um, and despite having decent numbers through the air on, you know, on paper, the Dolphins pass game was erratic. It was non-consistent. Tua had, mul- it had two turnovers that really cost them. And when you have Tyreek Hill going for nine and 146, you probably think the Dolphins had a hell of a day and got out of there with a W. It's amazing to see the stat line that he had. It's amazing to see Tua put up just south of 300 and two scores, and they get almost doubled up. Just a wild game yesterday from a bunch of different angles. But nonetheless, it results in a dominant victory for the San Francisco 49ers, knocks the Dolphins back a peg, and the Bills officially assume First place in the AFC East. So how were they going to get first place in the AFC overall? Well, those Kansas City Chiefs, those pesky, pesky Chiefs who are always going to be in the way of the Bills to some extent. While Patrick Mahomes is around, you know it, I know it. That is the reality of the AFC. It's going to be Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and whoever else decides to join the party, duking it out for the one seed until those two or whoever else, right, Burrow, if Herbert wants to decide to get in the mix one of these days, Until everybody hangs up the cleats, it's always going to be the Chiefs being the team that you're going to have to try and get past. And we all know that that has been the team for the Bills, that they have been working nonstop around the clock to get by. 
beat them earlier in the year. Bills had that bit of a lull there, that two-game loss uh, streak to the Vikings and the Jets, put them at a disadvantage while the Chiefs continued to win. The Chiefs wound up jumping them uh, at one point over the last few weeks, and we all knew that if the Bills were going to want to get back to that one seed at some point, the Chiefs were going to have to lose, and it was just a matter of when. I didn't necessarily think they would win out, but if you do look at their schedule, the Chiefs did not have, you know, it wasn't like it was all that tough to make the argument that they could wind up clearing the slate here and just running away with the one seed. I mean, if you take a look right now at what the Chiefs have in front of them, that Bengals game was about as tough as it's going to get. They got the Broncos twice. They have yet to play division rival, the Broncos, who, oh my good God, oh, nine points yesterday. Speaking of a bad loss to a backup quarterback, Brett Huntley comes in, leads an unbelievable game-winning drive. That would have been nice. Denver knocking off Baltimore would have really completed the absolute perfect week yesterday. It was the only game that would have helped the Bills, you know, to some extent, that didn't wind up going their way. If the Denver Broncos could manage to score more than 10 points ever, I mean, it's extraordinary how bad that offense is. I cannot, for the life of me, fathom how bad they are with the talent they have and the money they paid Russell Wilson. I I just, man, if I was a Broncos fan, I would, I don't even have the words. I do not know how a Broncos fan sleeps at night right now. But the Chiefs play them twice, remaining on their schedule. They'll roll them both times. They got the Texans. They'll destroy them. And they got the Raiders, who always play them close. But the Chiefs are the better team. The Seahawks as well on Christmas Eve. That'll be a good game. That's probably the toughest remaining game left for the Chiefs. That one will be interesting. I think that's an exciting matchup. Um, But that's probably their toughest game. So the Bengals, though, going into yesterday, were probably the best team of the remaining bunch to knock off the Chiefs and give the Bills that opening within a window to pursue the one seed yet again. Like I had mentioned earlier, the Bengals beat the Chiefs twice last year, once in the regular season, and then, of course, in the AFC Championship. And the crazy stat that I heard from Mike Florio over at PFT, the Chiefs have not beat the Bengals in Cincinnati since the 1970s, I believe, an extraordinarily long time since the Chiefs have gone in there and won. It had also been, I think, never that Patrick Mahomes has lost in either November or December. I'm pretty sure he went into yesterday something just absolutely ludicrously absurd, like 28-0 over X amount of games here throughout November and uh, December in his career. The Bengals showed you yesterday, I think, a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a script that is beneficial towards playing against these Kansas City Chiefs. And it's funny because I felt I found that it was a bit similar to the one that the Bills were able to carry out against those Chiefs. The key is being able to keep Mahomes off the field, and the key is doing so through methodical offense, chipping your way down the field and capitalizing on your opportunities. And I just thought the game plan yesterday for the Cincinnati Bengals was lights out, and they executed it to perfection. The game actually could have gotten out of hand a bit sooner had they had not run a reverse on fourth and goal from the one-yard line that got blown up. They were on the one-yard line. If that's me, I'm using Joe Burrow on a sneak. I just think that that makes the most sense there. They tried to get cute. They ran an end around. It got blown up. But that game, I think at that point it would have been 21-3. to if the Chiefs would have, uh, or if the Bengals would have gotten into the end zone, or at the very least, they could have put up a field goal. Um, but they outplayed the Chiefs, it felt like, throughout. The Chiefs did wind up taking a lead at one point. 
But we saw once again why Joe Burrow should probably be considered to be in that upper echelon of quarterbacks where Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, uh, and, you know, Lamar Jackson, a few others that you could argue where they currently sit. And, and I don't think that that was ever an argument to me, but I think people had felt that Joe Burrow just wasn't quite there yet. But I look at the way Joe Burrow plays and it's just calm, cool, collected. It feels like he never gets out of sorts. And I thought he played a terrific game yesterday and he led his team to an awfully efficient game. I mean, look at these numbers for Joe Burrow, 25 of 31. You just can't beat that efficiency for 286 and two touchdowns. And the key here was the ability to run on the chiefs as well. And if you noticed early on, that was the big difference maker. The chiefs did not have the ball that often in the first half, the Bengals were able to run the ball methodically play after play, milking the clock, getting it down the field and ultimately helping them get into scoring territory and outlast the chiefs. Samaji Pirine had an, a hell of a day for a guy who's not typically their starter. He has been a great dual threat with Joe Mixon, who was not in yesterday. So P Ryan gets the majority of the carries. He goes for over a hundred yards on five yards, a carry through those 21 carries that he had. That was a hell of an effort from P Ryan to help propel this chiefs team forward or excuse me, this Bengals team forward. But how about Joe Burrow on the ground? We don't often see him run, not nearly to the extent that we do with the quarterbacks that we are known to see run like Allen, uh, even Mahomes, you can argue he's up there, right? Mahomes moves around a lot, but Allen hurts. Um, of course, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. You're not used to seeing Joe Burrow being the guy that runs down the field, but he ran it 11 times yesterday for 46 yards. So you tack that on top of the unreal day he had through the air and I just felt like watching that game yesterday, it never felt like the Bengals were an inferior team, truly. It felt like all throughout that game, despite the fact that the Chiefs went up, and I think at that point you think to yourselves, classic Chiefs, because I was watching this game with my dad, and I just said to him, and you know, he felt the same way. I, I said, it's amazing to me that the Chiefs can get outplayed, and they always find a way to win, right? There's some teams in this league who always outplay other teams and find a way to lose. Like I was referring to earlier, first team that comes to mind to me is the LA Chargers. Another team that's been great at that this year is the Baltimore Ravens. We've even seen the Bills have a fair share of their games this year where they were just clearly the better team and they somehow found a way to lose in the end. The Chiefs are the complete opposite of that. There'll be games where they just don't have it clicking at all and you blink and next thing you know, they somehow pulled the game out of their ass. And it felt like yesterday might have been one of those games. The Bengals had outplayed them. It felt like the whole game, all of a sudden, the Chiefs had regained the lead. And it was going to be up to the Bengals offense and Joe Burrow to be what we expect Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to be. The team to have the ball at the end, go down, score, and put the game away. And that's exactly what Joe Burrow and these Bengals did yesterday. Incredibly impressive. And I think that they showed to everybody yesterday that going into these AFC playoffs, they are going to be one of those teams amongst the Chiefs and the Bills that you simply do not want to see. And I think it's almost undisputed right now that the top three teams in the AFC are the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. Order, order them around however you wish. With the Bengals being hobbled up 
or excuse me, with the Ravens rather being hobbled up, not playing nearly as good as they know that they can, right? And yesterday, we don't know the status of Lamar Jackson, but he gets hurt yesterday, doesn't return to the game like I alluded to earlier with Brett Hundley coming in to finish that one off. He's hurt. He won't be, uh, uh, I'm not, excuse me, he, he never returned. I don't know the status of him currently, but if they can't get Lamar Jackson to go, you can kiss it goodbye. So with them kind of uh, taking a step back, um, the Bengals taking a step forward. The Titans get absolutely destroyed yesterday by the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's very clear right now. The picture is really coming into form. It's the Bills, it's the Chiefs, it's the Bengals. And what do you know? The Bills have those Bengals on their schedule on a Monday night in week 17. And my, oh my, I had circled that game when the schedule came out, but you're going to circle it one or two more times before it comes up because that game is probably not only the best remaining game on their schedule as far as entertainment value is concerned, but that's going to be the toughest game of their schedule, I would say. I mean, Miami, of course, you got to put it up there, right? But on the road in Cincinnati in a primetime spot where you know damn well seating is going to be all over the place come week 17. Whoever wins that game, it's surely going to shake things up amongst the playoff picture. And who knows, by that time, the Bengals very well could be playing for the one seed. I know that it's wild to think about. But I actually went through the playoff simulator earlier, and there were multiple scenarios where if the Bengals find a way to win out, which they could, and, uh, and things also remain the same, or switch up a little bit here and there. You know how it goes. There's a million different ways that things can go. Um, but the Bengals very well could be playing for the one or two seed come around, uh, come around that time of the year up in week 17. <sighs> so that's the story, folks. An incredible Sunday that was capped off from an incredible Thursday. And it's just extraordinary kind of stepping back and looking at it and just seeing how things panned out. Both games were very fun to watch if you're a Bills fan because you watch the Dolphins get rolled and you watch the team finally step up and close one out against the Chiefs in a late-game spot. You're always fearful that the Chiefs will get let back into it with some, some amount of time left, whether it's two minutes or 13 seconds. I digress. You just always have that worry in the back of your mind, but the Bengals do uh, what isn't commonly done, and they find a way to close it out late and get the job done. So a 27-24 uh, victory for the Bengals, a 33-17 victory for the Niners over the Dolphins, and that was all that was needed to propel the Bills into the one seed of the AFC. And we're right back to where we started. As much as things have gone a bit south compared to the way they were in weeks one and two, this is what I had said a couple of weeks ago. I think we have been a bit too critical. We've seen every team in the league now have their slump, so to speak. The way the Bills started this year off, it was at a clip and a pace that was never going to be able to be lived up to all 17 games. They had their lull there, right? Right out of the bye, you know, Mediocre second half against the Packers. They lead that into two straight losses in games where they should have won. They're back on the horse now, and look where it's gotten them. Just a couple of things had to happen, and they did. And The Bills are right back to where they wanted to be. They're right back to where they were. And the beauty of it all 
is that even though, you know, a variety of different things can happen outside of the Bills organization, the best result of this outcome is that the Bills are in the one spot now. And if they want to have, they want to keep it, you know, easier said than done. I get it. But if they want to control that spot, they have the ability to do so. Ball is in their court. They control their own destiny. Let's take a look at how it all looks right now in the beautiful playoff simulator. I never get enough of going through this thing. So here it is. We'll take a look at it right now and see how things are currently mapped out within the AFC playoffs picture. And I thought it'd be fun here just for a quick segment to go through and we'll kind of take a look at what could potentially happen just based on what we think could happen, what we would like to happen ideally and see what that kind of spits out here. So week 13 in the books, and this is how it sits right now. The bills would be the one seed. And of course that means a first round buy. And the one seed is the only seed now in the NFL playoffs to get that buy. And, I, I don't even know what to do with that, right? I mean, it, the Bills have never had a bye in my life. Not to, you know, not that that is a crazy uh, realization. They've barely played in playoff games up until the last handful of, uh, of years in my life. Um, but that would be something. It would be different, wouldn't it? I mean, how great would this be? Just hypothetically here. But if the Bills hold on to the one seed, I mean, how awesome would it be to watch the rest of those slate of games there, just knowing that you got nothing to worry about, at least for another week. I, I just can't imagine how great that would feel. You get to enjoy the entire slate of playoff football without a worry in the world, other than trying to root for a situation where you get to play a team that you think would be um, preferable over another. That just sounds like absolute pure bliss to me. So here's how it stands right now. The only AFC East team not currently in is the New England Patriots. They got bounced out with the loss of the Bills. So the Bills are at the one spot. The Chiefs would currently be in the two, and they would play the Jets. That would be uh, interesting, wouldn't it? Dolphins at the Ravens. That's a good game as well. I mean, all of these are good games. And then a rematch from last year's game within the playoffs as well, Cincinnati and Tennessee. All three of those games are good. I wouldn't really have a, a tell either way other than the Jets-Chiefs game. I just think the Chiefs are a much superior team. But if Lamar is healthy, that game could go either way. And with Tennessee, they're just an odd team. You never quite know. Yesterday, I don't think was very telling of who they really are. But then again, they lost that same way to the Bills. So who knows, really? The, the Titans are a very odd team to figure out. They've been on a winning streak. They've been playing great D. But yesterday, they just fell flat on their face as they did to Buffalo earlier in the year. That game was very reminiscent of that one. But this is how it sits right now. So let's go to week 14, and let's just kind of have fun here. Shoot me some comments as to what you think I should change or what I should keep the same as we go through here. I want to listen to you guys and kind of make this uh, pan out to be the best representation of what we think could potentially happen here. So here's the work, the week 14 slate coming up around the corner here. Uh, I'm only going to do the AFC uh, games. The only ones I'm going to actually give thought to are the AFC games. I'm going to put in random NFC results just because who the hell cares. Um, all right. Raiders at the Rams. Raiders are playing good football as of late. They've come around. They get a win yesterday against the Chargers. Their offense has been clicking, and they got that W without uh, Josh Jacobs. I don't think – did Jacobs play yesterday? Eh, maybe he did. I don't know. He's, I know he's been banged up, but they've been playing really good on offense. Um and I think that right now, that's a team that you could sneakily see find their way into the back of the uh, into the playoff picture. Yeah, I was way off. Um, yeah, Josh Jacobs had a day yesterday. What the hell am I talking about? My fault. 
with his production, because that's one of them, one of many games where he has gone off. Um, with his production, um, as of late, Derek Carr has been clicking. Devontae Adams been playing well. Chargers are no joke. Um, yeah, I, you know he had a huge game. Everybody's saying here. I don't know how the hell I forgot that. I think I was. You know what it was? I was so infatuated with going back and forth between the. Um, like me and my dad even kept saying, "We're like get this game off," because they would switch over to the Chargers Raiders game, and all we gave a damn about was. Uh, was Dolphins, Niners, and 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 Chiefs, Bengals, and all all three of those games around at the same time. So so anyhow, I'm going to give the game to the Raiders here, and then we got Bills, Jets here. Look, I don't see the Bills losing twice to the Jets. I do think it's going to be a great game. I really do. I don't see I don't see the Bills covering that nine points. I just think that that is an astronomical number for a team in the Jets who have a terrific defense and a serviceable offense. But I do think the Bills find a way. It's at home. They caught the Bills at a real bad spot when they played them. And I just think the Bills get back on the wagon here. I think that they get over the hump uh, once again within this AFC East. I think that they find a way to get a, a win against each AFC East team when it began, they were 0-2. I think that they find themselves to be 4-2 within that division at the end of it. The Patriots can't touch them, and I think you know where I'm leaning against the Dolphins game as well. So we give the Bills the W here. We'll give the Bengals a win over the Browns, and hey, how about them Brownies? Hey, Deshaun Watson, welcome back to the NFL. Oof. If the Browns were playing any other team yesterday but the Houston Texans, they would have gotten rolled. Deshaun Watson looked like a guy who had not played football for two years. That was a brutal watch. And I got to tell you, I hate to say it, but you'll love to see it. Uh, all right. We'll give the win to the Cowboys here. Lion. How about them Detroit Lions? Do you not feel a bit better today about that win over the Lions? The Lions took the Jags out behind the woodshed yesterday. That was insanity. That game was a one-point spread, according to Vegas. It was a coin flip game, and the Lions ran them out of the building, 40-14. to 14. Lions are no joke. That Bills win on Thanksgiving looks a hell of a lot better today. That's the only loss that they have had in the last month and a half. So when you really think about it, as much as we might have thought that that game was iffy for the Bills, that was one hell of a win. Uh, Eagles, Giants, Giants in Washington tying yesterday. How about that? That was, uh, that was interesting. That's going to shake things up in the NFC East. I'll give the game to the Eagles. They're just humming Steelers at the Ravens. Now, if Lamar Jackson comes back, I'd give it to the Ravens either way. I'm just going to, we're going to go through this a bit quicker. I'm just going to give that to the Ravens Titans over the Jags chiefs over the Broncos Niners over the Box, Seattle over the Panthers. Okay, and then here we go. So this is where I want to kind of switch things up and we'll go through each situation. But I'm going to give the win here to the Dolphins for now, and we'll come back to that later on and kind of see how things can change within the AFC if we just alternate a couple of games here. And then I'll give the Patriots the win over the Cardinals um, just because why not? And if that were, if that were the case, right, the, that's funny. The Patriots, if the Patriots win this week and the Bills beat the Jets – the Patriots would leap the Jets in the playoffs and the Jets would be knocked out of the playoffs. So that's interesting. Uh, so that's something to look out for uh, as well. If the Bills beat the Jets and the Patriots beat the Cardinals. They're in. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of, uh, we'll have a lot of Patriots fans on Bill's mafia side this coming up weekend, despite the ass whipping that we handed them a few short days ago. Let's move on to week 15 here. Another slate of really good games this weekend. 
Uh, to kick things off, we got Niners Seahawks. Let's go ahead and give it to the Niners there. Vikings go Ravens here. All right, Bills Dolphins. I got the Bills here. I just really do. At home, prime time. I think out of every loss the Bills had this year or every game they've played this year, the one game that is absolutely have that is absolutely stuck with them the most, it has to be this one. I know for the fan base, that's true. I have to think that that's the same thing for the Bills as well because that was just a heartbreaker of a loss. Afterwards, everybody was talking about the Dolphins being the better team, perhaps, and that really never went away. You know what I mean? Um, I just think there's just something about it. I just think the Bills do not have a short memory, and the Bills are going to take it to them on Saturday Night Football in Week 15. Go through these really quickly. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Jets, Lions. So that's it. So there's, you know, it's not easy for a lot of these AFC East teams down the stretch here. You know, Jets, Lions. If you had to make me bet on it, man, I don't know. I think I'm going Lions in that one, just for the hell of it. I just think the Lions right now might be a better team. They are no joke, man. It's really hard to say that because you look at the Lions logo and you're just like, it's hard for me to pick it. But I don't know, man. Give the Raiders a win over the Patriots. There, that's the way I see things. Titans Chargers, very big game here for two teams that, you know, one in the Titans is currently winning their division. But if the Chargers get a win, that'll help them kind of inch closer to getting into the playoffs. They'll need some help, but they're going to have to really get on the horse and start winning out here if they want to have a chance to get in. Tough one there. I'll just go Titans. Bengals, Bucks. I'll go Bengals, New York, Washington. Go New York. And uh, Packers over the Rams. RC3 coming in here. Super chat. Whoop, wrong button. He's saying, Josh Allen's I own you moment. I think you might be right there. I think that's a great point. You know, Josh Allen typically has one or two games a year where you can just tell it meant more to him perhaps than the next one. I think that one might be there. It could be there at least. And I think this coming up weekend might be one of those as well. I don't think that that, I don't think Josh Allen takes too kindly to losing within the division. He knows that the Bills, the Bills in the AFC East, it's their division, and he's considered to be the king of it. I can't imagine losing to anybody in that division goes over very well for him. That's for sure. So week 15 in the books here through the simulator. Let's go into week 16. Do Jets over Jags, Ravens over the Falcons, Lions. All right, so Bills, Bills Bears. I got to tell you, man, I, I, I guarantee you when this game comes around, the Bills will be like 13-point favorites or something. You, and I think it just depends on the day you catch Chicago, man. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, he, he's he's running the ball at the position as good as anyone has ever seen. I mean, they're no joke. That offense, when he's playing well, is great. Um, well, I don't want to say great, but they're they're way better than you'd think. But the thing with the, the Bears is, is their defense is just, it is pitiful. No way in hell do I see a scenario where the Bills lose to the Bears. But I do think, that the Bears offense could put some points up that day. Uh, we'll go, uh, I don't know, who cares about that game? Why is this doing? I hate when he does that. Okay. Uh, we'll do, so this is, no, this is a tough one right here. And this is one I want to come back to and switch up just in case, just to see how it winds up making a difference in the grand scheme of things. But this is a tough game. This is a tough game for the Chiefs. Chiefs, Seattle. I don't know how much Seattle football you've watched this year. I've watched a great amount of it. I really have. Because um, I always have red zone on when the Bills aren't on. And there's been plenty of weekends this year where the Bills have not played during the day. So I found myself watching a lot of Seattle football. They are fun 
to watch, man. Geno Smith throws a pretty ball. Yesterday, I don't know how much you watched of the Seattle game against the Rams. DK Metcalf went off. Geno Smith throwing dimes to Tyler Lockett. They're a fun team to watch. Um, great run game, great young run game, great young talent. Uh, I, I think that the Seahawks should stick with Geno Smith and, and continue to build around him. That team has been really exciting. Big game here between the Bengals and the Patriots. I don't know, man. I just think we saw a lot of true colors from New England the other night. I, I just, I, I can't get over how bad they were against Buffalo. It, it wasn't that they were just bad. It was just that there was no inspiration. There was no heart. I, I can't I can't really describe it in words. I, you almost just had to watch it and get the vibe, right? And I'm sure you probably all feel the same way on watching that game for a full 60 minutes. The Patriots just, they never showed up. I understand they're not as good of a team as the Bills. I understand losing to them. Nobody, you know, would have expected the Patriots to go in there and get an easy win. But the way that they've been playing, I just felt like the Bills were going to get their best crack. And, man, they got the complete opposite. And I have no faith in New England at all moving forward until I'm proven otherwise. Bengals are a much better team. We'll give them the W there. Um, NFC East, that's really intriguing me throughout the rest of the way. I know it doesn't matter much to us, but the NFC East is just as intriguing as the AFC East right now is. And I think you might be able to argue it's actually a little bit better. Uh, but I'll go. I, I like the Cowboys in that game against the Eagles. Man, oh, man, Cowboys are rolling, aren't they? Last night, oh, I was sick to my stomach. I bet on the uh, Colts plus 11, and uh, I fell asleep before half. And they they were up at one point when I fell asleep, and I'm like, all right, I, I, I don't really remember falling asleep. I was just watching it and wound up passing out. So I woke up. First thing I did was check to see if I won the bet or not. When, now, when I went to bed, the Colts were up. I woke up. What was it? 52 to 17 or something like that. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Went back and watched the highlights and uh, geez, uh, Cowboys scored what? Four touchdowns in the uh, fourth quarter. Crazy. Give the Raiders a W here over the Steelers. Now the Packers could play the, the Dolphins tight here. We'll see. Packers looked pretty decent yesterday against the Bears in a comeback victory. But like I keep saying about that Bears defense, it's just bad. So Miami's the better team than Green Bay. Got to give them the win there. Give the Rams the win over the Broncos. Chargers win here. Bucks win here. All right. We're coming towards the close here to see how this all winds up panning out. Because I, I want to get all these uh, in here, and I want to go back and switch some things around um, to see how things could shake out. Bartek coming in here saying, yeah, Ziba, I don't know why you took them plus 11. Yeah, me either, Bartek. Me either. I really don't know. I was feeling good about it the first half, that's for sure. Listen, if I bet it and it loses, you know, I just chalk it up to, hey, I don't know anything. If I bet it and it wins, I'm a guru. I'm a genius. I ended the day uh, I ended the day up yesterday. Knock on wood, I don't want to get too much into that because I don't want to jinx things, but I have been rolling recently. Rolling. I am the 4 p.m. king right now. Knock on wood, though. I'm very superstitious about sports betting. Very. But I'm, ha- I'm doing well. So don't be confused by the fact that I bet on the – the Colts. That was just dumb. You know how when it's a Sunday night game that you don't want to watch? The only reason I want to watch it, and I, w- I would watch it regardless, it's football, but in order to get me into it, I got to put a little bit of a little bit of coin on it. And that was one of those. I just chose the wrong side. All right, Titans-Cowboys. Titans currently in still at this point in the simulator because they're winning that dog shit division. But I'm going to give the Cowboys the win there. They're the better team. Um, 
It's funny, as I keep going through here, I got the Ravens winning the majority of these games, but the problem is the status of Lamar Jackson. Um, Based on the, I'm just going based on who I think the better team is. Clearly, I think the Ravens are the better team than the Steelers, but hey, you know, Kenny Pickett's kind of coming into form. I'll, I'll say he's looked halfway decent over the year here. I think he has developed quite well as the weeks go on. And the Steelers, who looked like they were a surefire losing team this year, they 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 could very well finish with a winning record. And the age-old cliche of Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season could very much live on. Now, I'm hoping the Steelers wind up losing every other game the rest of the year so I don't have to hear that again. Every single time you hear about the Steelers, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they might not be as good as the Bills, but you heard about Mike Tomlin? I mean, he's never had a losing season. You don't say. Really, that is the first time I've heard that, actually, within the last five minutes. I am so sick of that stat. Everywhere you go, it's the big stat. Who cares? All right, Lions over the Bears. It's funny. You say who cares, but that was McDermott. I'd be saying that all the time, too. You know how it goes. Uh, All right, Jags, Chiefs, big one here, right? Another interdivisional game for the AFC East. We got the Dolphins and the Patriots. That, that to me, it's always interesting. But like I said earlier, I just can't put my money on on the Pats right now after what we saw. Um, just so uninspired. I, I don't see where you can give them leverage over another team right now after that game. Um, moving forward here. Now, it's interesting. So the Raiders in, in a game like this, right, the Raiders are currently in based on what we have here, which is which is nuts when you think about it. The season that the Raiders had in the beginning of the year was nowhere close to the expectations that a lot of people had for them, including myself, the addition of Devontae Adams, uh, adding Josh McDaniels as their head coach, just really thought that things were going to turn around for this Raiders team. It did not get off to that start. But I think the way that they've been playing and the way things could potentially shake up, you could see them in. Now, Niners Raiders, I just think the Niners, despite Brock Purdy, they're just a better team. And I don't know if a whole lot of scoring is going to be necessary at times in order to get wins for San Francisco. So I, I got to go San Fran here, despite the fact that I could very much see that game going the Raiders way. Uh, now Jets Seahawks Jets would currently be in right now. If San Fran were to beat the Raiders, the Jets jump back into the seventh spot. But I just think that the Seahawks are a better team. Seahawks get the dub there. It puts the Raiders back in despite being eight and eight Vikings win here. Chargers win here, and now here we go, baby. This is a massive game. So let's see up until this point how much things can change right now between the Bills and the Bengals, depending on who wins this Monday night matchup in week 17. So if the Bills win, obviously we have them not losing up until this point. They stay right where they are. That bumps the uh, Chiefs back to the two seed, and the Bengals would remain at the five seed. Now let's see what happens if the Bills lose to Cincinnati on Monday night football in week 17. So not a whole lot changes, right? Except for the fact that the Bills would inevitably get bumped down to the two seed. Nothing else within the picture changes. So that game is simply going to be for for the right to the one seed for Buffalo. At this point right now, Cincy does not move up in that game. So it all depends on what winds up happening. But the way it stands, the way we have it right now, the Bengals would not be playing for... um, a higher seed, at least in week 17. So let's round this out here. Let's go through here real quick. The crazy thing here is, and it's all going to depend on what the Chiefs do too, 
the Bills are going to have to play their starters all 17 games, all 18 weeks, right? Some people might have thought that by the time the Pats game rolls around in the final game of the year, that the uh, that the Bills might be able to rest starters. I just don't see that being the case. I think no matter what happens here as we go through this simulator, I think no matter what happens, the Bills are not going to have an opportunity to rest anybody. I just don't see it in the cards. Um, I just think that, that everybody surrounding them is too close and too good, and I think that's what it's going to wind up coming down to. Okay, here we go. So this is the way I have it. Uh, what did I do to? Oh, I didn't. I didn't switch this back. Okay, so this is the way I have it right now. Now, this, of course, is what it looks like if the Bills and the Chiefs both win out. So the scenario we currently have, obviously, if the Bills win out, you see what everybody already knows. They control their own destiny. They they maintain the one seed. That would keep the Chiefs at the two seed if they win out. And in this scenario, they'd play the Chargers. The Dolphins would get in against the Ravens, and then it would be Cincinnati and Tennessee. So the way we have it currently. There was three teams within the AFC East in the playoffs, almost four with New England on the outside looking in. The way we have things here, it would only be the Bills and uh, and the Raiders, or excuse me, the Bills and the uh, and the Dolphins. So let's go through here and kind of just switch some things up a little bit. I'm interested to see on what could potentially happen if things go a certain way, so to say. I, I'm very confident right here in the Bills, Jets. Very confident. But let's just say, hey, Dolphins light it up, man. They have, a, they have the offense to do it, and they absolutely light it up against the Bills, and they get the W there. So let's say that happens. This, to me, is more of a toss-up. Let's say the Jets beat the Lions. We'll just switch that one up. Um, what else could we switch up in here? And that looks pretty good to me, I guess. Let's do a scenario where... I just want to see what this looks like. Let's do a scenario where somehow the Bills lose both divisional games coming up. Okay, so if that were to happen, the Bills just go back to the fifth seed where they already had started. And out of all those opponents, I got to tell you, Tennessee does not seem like the worst choice. So the way that things are panned out here, if the Bills were to go on a skid and lose the next two at home within the AFC East, Miami would win it all. It'd be the two seed. They'd play the Jets for a third time in the playoffs. Bills would bump down to five. Let's say the Bills just lose to the Jets, but they beat the Dolphins. Okay, so that would just swap things. The Bills would go to the two seed. They'd play the Jets. That's interesting. So either scenario there, it looks like another AFC East game for one of these two teams. Now let's give the Bills the W. Let's let's give the Bills another loss. Let's say the Bills lose to let's say the Bills lose to the Dolphins and then they lose to the Bengals. Let's see what happens there. Okay, nothing changes. So this is what I was telling you earlier though about how much the Bengals are playing for. They'd get home field advantage if they were to win out. This would put them at a winning out situation. If they beat the Bills, they'd get home field advantage, but then again, nothing really switches for the Bills all that much. Um, I want to do one more scenario where the chiefs find a way to lose another one, but I just God, the way their, their schedule, this would be the one I, the only one I could foresee them possibly losing. Let's give the win. Oh, that makes me vomit right there. So in this scenario, we got Seattle beating Kansas city. We got the bills losing to the dolphins and that being their only loss the rest of the year. And look what that spits out. Ugh. 
Ugh. Dolphins with the one seed. I, I, I would delete Twitter. I would delete Twitter. I could not go on there. Like, uh, really. It would be, it would be, um, I cannot express to you how awful that would be. I would do anything for this to, to not happen. And thank God I, I don't foresee it happening because that would mean that the Dolphins would have to win out. I don't see it on the radar, but if the off chance that happens and you happen to follow me on Twitter and wonder what happened, uh, I'm telling you right now, I deleted the app. All right, let's, let's switch things back up there, though. So let's just say that happens and the Chiefs lost. Um, let's go back and give the Bills the win, though. Want to see how much different things are there. So that doesn't change anything for the Chiefs. That's interesting. So it doesn't really. So the if the Bills win out and the Chiefs lose another game, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. The Chiefs will remain the two seed. So this is just kind of something I wanted to do real quick. Go through and take a look at the potentials here. But the ultimate, the ultimate reality and the ultimate conclusion that we want to come to is winning out. And it's easier said than done. Um, but when, the way you look at this here, the only real way. Let's just say the Bills lose to the Dolphins here. Uh, and actually, no, I just I don't see it. Let's let's say the Bills lose to the Bengals here. But the uh, oh, see now, now this is what I was getting at. Now this is the scenario I had earlier, and I was wondering how to get there, and here it is. So this would really put things on its head, right? So say the Bengals win out, and the and this is what this would be the reality of this game here. How massive the implications would be around Bills Bengals on that Monday night football. So say Bills and Bengals went out up until this point in uh in the in the season up to week 17 and say the Seattle Seahawks beat the Kansas City Chiefs in week 16. Bills Bengals would be for the one seed in the AFC. And the Bengals will have gone from 2 weeks ago not even being in the playoffs to being in the one seed. And that's what would be the reality here. If the Chiefs were to just lose one more and the Bengals and the Bills went out up until this point here in the season. Um, now, if the Bills win that one and the Bengal and they wind up losing to the, let's just say the Dolphins, but the Chiefs also had a loss. Now we already did that one. Let's go, let's go here and do a loss to the Jets just for the hell of it. That's really the only scenario where the Bills would remain in the one seed with a loss and an additional Chiefs loss. It's either that game or I'm sure the same outcome will be, yes. So the only games that the Bills can lose and still be the one seed with a Chiefs loss would be the Bears or the Jets. So that just goes to show you how much more important some of these remaining games are, including that Bengals game and, of course, the Dolphins game in a couple weeks. You know, I'm so, ex I'm so excited that they wound up flexing that game to primetime because if you go and look at the schedule for that day, it is just – it's bad. The, the weekend slate is bad, and the Bills game was quite clearly the best one on the, uh, on the docket, and I'm glad they wound up putting that into the primetime slot because that game's going to be huge, especially if either – you know, there, there's multiple scenarios that could go into that Bills-Dolphins game to make it even bigger than it currently is right now. If the Bills lose to the Jets, if the Dolphins lose to the Chargers, what happens then? Well, that game 
is for first place in the AFC East outright, right? In that game, right? If they both win, if and then of course the the Bengals, or excuse me, the, the Dolphins beat the Bills, they knock the Bills back down, Bills back uh into the two seed, Bill uh Dolphins at the one seed. So just wild, really, how big that game could be. And uh, not overlooking the Jets game because I'm super excited about it. And I think that's going to be just as good of a game. But the Dolphins one, especially being in primetime, really has, uh, you know, ha- has me and I think everybody else putting a big old star next to it. Going back up to Carl, just saw your new message, man. So sorry for missing the super chat. I was locked into the simulator, man. I get lost in that thing. Carl saying, what are the chances that this coming week, Josh Allen defeats the Jets, Justin Herbert defeats the Dolphins, and Kyler Murray defeats the Patriots? Look, I think looking at that current situation, I look at that the same way I kind of looked at uh, the situation coming into this past weekend that we needed to happen and everything wound up happening. Kyler Murray could beat the Patriots for sure. The Patriots, after what we saw last week on Thursday, you really can't argue to me that any team outside of Houston couldn't beat them with a right with a, with a good day. Now, I don't know if that is exactly who we uh, can expect to see from New England the rest of the way here because they have shown games where they are much better than they displayed on that Thursday night. But Kyler Murray and the and the Cardinals could could very well beat the the Patriots. I I, I wouldn't even imagine that game as far as point spread uh, is considered. I, I highly doubt that either way one team's massively favored over another. And then what are the odds Justin Herbert defeats the Dolphins? I I once again I feel the exact same way. I feel the exact same way. I think the Chargers have more than a good enough team to beat the uh, to beat the Miami Dolphins. The problem is their defense has not been playing well at all, despite all the upgrades that they have made in that position uh, throughout the year uh, or the offseason and going into this year. They still just can't get it right. They're just as bad on that side of the ball as they were last year. Um, the Chargers worry me because, like I talked about earlier, they just always find a way to mess it up. Always. It's without foul. And um, I think that the that currently right now the Dolphins are better coached. They have the better offense, and they also have the better defense. But the Chargers are one of those teams any given week. They can light the scoreboard up. Herbert can go off. I think that that game is going to be high-flying for sure. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities to think the Chargers can wind up winning that game. We've seen twice this season the Chargers play the Chiefs all the way to the last minute. They just couldn't wind up getting it done. Um, So the Chargers are no joke, and that is going to be a tough game. It's in L.A. It's in primetime. And I love that, too, because with the primetime situation, we get to get all eyes on the Dolphins, right, in a primetime standalone setting. We as Bills fans, with the Jets game out of the way earlier in the day, we get to sit back, lock ourselves in for a Dolphins game one week before the Bills play them. So we get to get a great look at what the Dolphins have against the Chargers before the Bills host them in Buffalo for two straight primetime games for the Miami Dolphins. Um so that is, uh, man, we got some exciting stuff around the corner, don't we? I mean, this is this is uh, the best time of the year, really. I mean, if you got a team like we do in the Bills, this really is the best time of the year because it's when it all comes, it all comes into into shape, and there's so much that can change. Just looking at this right now and looking at how close everybody really is, looking at everybody's remaining schedule. And the fact that Miami has numerous divisional games left, of course the Bills do, the Patriots do. This whole division could absolutely flip depending on what happens. And then you see situations like I just got done showing you where the Bengals, who have been playing just about as good as football as anybody, they could go on a run. They could be the one seed, right? I think right now, 
you got four teams with a viable chance at the one seed. The Bills and the Chiefs, of course, and then I think you do have, a, you have somewhat of a chance to see the Dolphins and the Bengals in there. Those are the four teams you can expect. I think it's ultimately going to come down to the Bills and the Chiefs, but things can get weird, man. Don't forget, as well as the Bills and the Chiefs played last year, as good as uh, they, they were, who was the one seed? The Tennessee Titans. So you, 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 just, you just never know. But what I do know is the Buffalo Bills are in as good a spot right now as they've been all year, despite, you know, the criticisms we've had, despite the injuries, despite the turnovers from Josh Allen after the bye, and despite the inability to, to v- defend the run well for a bit or to defend the wide receiver one well or whatever criticism you have, right? All I know is right now, the Bills have lost two games after the bye, both in which they could have won, especially the Vikings game. Both losses were by an inch. By an inch. They were competitive as hell the entire way in both games. And they're now on a win streak here, having won three straight in 12 days in an incredibly tough situation, mentally and physically straining. And now they got a nice mini buy here to get in to the tail end of this season where your next two games are as just about as massive as it gets for any team the rest of the way here. They have a playoff-type mentality facing them, I would think, the rest of the way every single week. Because the second you lose is the second that one seed no longer is in your control. You no longer can control the ability to hang on to it. The second you lose, you no longer have the ability to control the AFC East the way that things could wind up panning out. They are in as good a spot today as they've been in all year. They're in as good a spot today as you possibly can be in this league. Having the one seed with the ability to hold on to it just by doing your job and your job alone. They need no outside factors as long as they do their job. So despite all those things, the reality is they've lost two games incredibly close, could have won them both. And despite all the worries that we might have had post by here, they're in the same position today as they were going into that bye. And during a long season where a lot of things change, a lot of injuries occur, a lot of teams get a lot better or maybe, maybe worse, you know it. Everything changes throughout the course of the season. And even though things have changed for the Bills, at this point today, the standings, they have not changed. And they're, they're in the spot right now today that we would have hoped they would have been in at the beginning of the year. No matter how you got to it, no matter how you got to it, if you were told before the season started, hey, going into week 14, the Bills have sole possession of the one seed in the AFC and control their own destiny. No, no matter, you know, no one telling you how they get there or how, they're, how they wind up with the one seed, you're signing up for that 10 out of 10 times. You're signing up for that 10 out of 10 times. So the past is the past year. The new season starts Sunday, really. This is a whole new season. Nothing else matters. They're in the same spot today as they were before the bye. Nothing else matters now. Brand new season. Brand new season. And you got five games left to close them out. And I think your two tougher games, two of your tougher games are right here. And they're at home. They're at home. They really only have one remaining game 
on the road that I'm that I'm thinking is going to be a competitive game, and it's it's the Bengals. They got to go on the road to Chicago. Doesn't bother me. The only game remaining not at home that you're looking at it and saying, man, that's going to be a hell of a game. It's the Bengals. You got these next two at home. I think that's super, super critical. And then, of course, the Patriots game as well at the end of the season that I think the way things look right now where they're going to have to, they're going to have to be out there, full, full starters and all. That's at home as well, too. So, awesome stuff. All right. Hey, what a... My God, what a weekend it was. What a week. It just doesn't get better than that, folks. It really doesn't. And now it makes the rest of the season that much sweeter. Every week is do or die. And if you are a fan of any team, that's exactly what you want. And going into this season with the expectations the Bills had and we had for them, they're right where we want them. Now it's time to get it in gear. Jets, this coming weekend, massive. Week after that, officially flexed into primetime Bills Dolphins. I can't wait. And I can't wait to be back with you here uh, on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. One week from tonight, we'll have the post-game wrap-up of that Jets game. And hopefully we're talking about putting Mike White into the dirt and the Bills avenging that loss. Uh, And hey, if you can't wait till next Monday night, you don't have to. I got another program that I'm hopping on to right now. The Buffalo Late Night. I've been over there plenty of times, and I'm going on there tonight to talk a bit more about what we saw this past weekend and to preview that Jets game. So if you haven't had enough Bills content yet, if you hadn't had enough of listening to this sexy, raspy voice of mine, head on over to the Buffalo Late Night. I will post the link to the show in the description of this current show, and we'd love to have you over there to talk some more Bills football. If you can't make it, no sweat. I'll see you next Monday night. If you can make it, I'll see you over there. Either way, though, thank you so much for tuning in tonight as you do each week. Much appreciated. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy all the great things that just happened for these Buffalo Bills. And I'll see you next week. Go Bills. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.